Well, this is my very first podcast for Shetland News and I thought I'm going to ask Barbara Fraser if she will have a yarn with me for the Christmas podcast because I've seen her tail lights disappear in the day over the hill and I thought Barbara has always intrigued me and I've never had the opportunity to sit and have a right yarn. So here I am in her house at Goldberwick and we're sitting at the side of the Rayburn and Barbara, I have to say, I didn't account that there was a house here on the right hand side of the road. Never had two houses. How have I never noticed that the hundreds of times I'm keen doing this road? <laughs> well, there's not the only man by any means. When I don't keep full money, fuck. Um, it's, uh, been coming to see me and hate to get directions, and they said, "Well, I never kept the horses there." <laughs> In fact, somebody said to me, "Well, are the horses there?" <laughs> well, I to be honest with you, I did a pretty recce earlier <laughs> in the day. <laughs> so. Well, I'm blind to death because it was nearly dark when we were here. <laughs> Just as, so that I can't exactly what I was going. Well, that was fine. So, Barbara. I'll get you to do me a pity pot at history of yourself and your family, starting with where you grew up. Well, I was born in Mordlingit in Gazebrach in uh, uh, Yale, and that was in uh, 1940. And um, we, I grew up on a craft there um, until, until I was for, well, I left to go to the institute as it was then when I was 12. And at that time, uh, we get done and bed in the hostel, the Bruce Hostel, and we get done in mid-August, and we weren't home until October. And then it was just a long weekend. It wasn't as fortnight that you get new. So you were home for this uh, long weekend in October, and then you weren't home till Christmas again. So at 20-year-old, it was a long stretch to games. Uh, How did you day. talk to it? Um... <laughs> difficult to say. You you just accepted it. It was what you did, I suppose. And, um, and they were the bonus that I made. You got the king fuck for you, but I made a lot of good friends, and friends that I still have. Um, in fact, the five of us that uh, go out for a meal twice a year normally. I mean, this year we've never been out. So we're hoping for uh, better things next year when we're ahead with vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a very different kind of a year and a, a different year for you to be having your 80th birthday in, to, to say the least. <laughs> certainly was, yes. So, after school, and, uh, did you move for Yale or what happened? We, we actually moved for Yale when I was 14 because of this um, uh, education situation. Um, and uh, we moved to Colswick. And... Uh, a cold week is my idea heaven. It's the most beautiful place. It, it is absolutely fantastic. We moved in June, and I was out with my father two or three weeks before that. And we first view a cold week. We came out with Jimmy Watts' bus, and um, and then he, he rang me saying with the pity car into cold week. And come in over there and saw that valley. It was absolutely magical. And, uh, and I was just in love, the first, <laughs> because we and there is no other place has ever come close. Well, I still feel when you gang to Colswick, it's almost like a time warp. It's, it's, mm -hmm. It feels like time has stood still it's, there to a degree. That is something something magical, but it's the only way I can describe it. And um, so um, I was there uh, for 
five years uh, till um, till I married, and then we were in Wales for five years. Um, I had a parents born when we were there. Um, by that time, of course, I had a parents was born in Annex. When when I was born, it was Humbers. Mm-hmm. And me and me, the two brothers between me and where Malcolm, we were all born at home when we were in Gerten Gazebrug. Uh, where Malcolm was only was born in Annex. Uh, so it was uh, all very different. And you had three parents? Uh, I, I had three parents, yes. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Jonas, the oldest thing, and then uh, Karen at the library, and, uh, and Dougie Bates, Susie Bates, and Everdeenshire. So you'd have been quite a young mum. I wish I was 19 mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Joan was born. And then uh, there was uh, oh, two years between her and Karen, and then two years between Karen and Dougie. So yes, I, I was quite a young mum. And um, we were in Wales, um, we had a pretty house, just about a garden ground to Keynes. But then it was really a long way away from work. There were no work for the main out in the country areas at that time, and unless they got to see it, really. Um, and um, so Molly was working um, in the fish, and for that reason we moved in 1966 to Sandwick. There again, to uh, just be about the garden ground, uh, so he could went went home at nights. Um, but uh, even then, it was it was awkward because he was able to go in with the bus to Kings and. Uh, and Mr. Time by then a uh, week uh, he was working at the seafoods and there were huts there for the main to buy then so um, 1971 we came here and then uh, he, he was home at night at the time so, so that was fine So you've been uh, here a brass start then? We are, yes Nearly 50 years, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And this was a craft, so that was a big thing. Um, did that kind of clinch it for you to get a craft? That certainly did, yes. I was, I was very, very glad to get the craft. And um, But they were really, they weren't even much cultivation done in this craft, oddly enough. They used to be about the 30s in front of the house. And uh, it, either is that title, this was a very uh, barren kind of place. There were nothing grown, and I thought, well, if I said this isn't dark and grown, it would be something. <laughs> I think somebody don't belong must have been listening to me because there'd be no one to themselves. <laughs> um, but no, we just gradually cultivated a bit more and more till we had enough for that. Uh, and Kelly for the sheep and the humans and the vegetables and that. And, and it was fine, and then we had with pits, just uh, 10 minutes walk up the hill, and that was a tremendous bonus. So, what did your interest in crafting still, like spring fair originally, you know, for anybody that doesn't kind you, you're still crafting at the age of 80, and you're doing uh, various things yourself, which we will come to, <laughs> which marks you quite, maybe no unique, but certainly I think very unusual, maybe for somebody of your generation, Barbara, to be so independent. So if I take you back to Gossabrock, is that where it started? That's where it started, yes. Yes, we had um, uh, a pretty craft there. And um, we just grew up taking birth and whatever the, f- the fuck was doing. Uh, if they were raising pits, you raised pits. And 
Um, they were hoeing tatties and that you took your, your pretty hoe and you could weed them. And then my favourite made was pretty wheelbarrows too. Uh, so each man had a wheelbarrow according to the size of the bed. Oh, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> I mean, the wish they were toys, but my father obviously can't what he was doing. <laughs> um, so uh, they were that. And, um, but my main responsibility and the craft, even as a fairly pity bed, was looking after the carrots. Um, so I used to hoe those carrots and weed those carrots and send them out religiously. Um, so we we had a fine crop of carrots, and um, and that was the the way it was. And uh, you never ever felt that you had been forced to do anything. That was just part of the craft life, and you did it. And and what's more, you you loved the produce that came after the craft. We had the kai, of course. So we had with butter and with curd milk and with buttermilk and and all that. And this time of year, Barbara, were were. Well, this broadcast is going maybe between Christmas and New Year. Mm-hmm. What like was Christmas and New Year um, at Bo- Gossebrock at that time? There were a, a lot more visiting among the folk. Uh, there were uh, both Christmas and New Year, the main with the room, the houses to games with their, their bottles. And um, and you were really expected just to set your lap to this glass to games whatever age you were. But I may mind when mother saying as you were coming old that you say, well, mind that man only has that wine bottle to keep him going for Christmas and New Year, so you're not to go and drink your bottle. It's <laughs> <laughs> certainly something that'll not be happening this year, anyway. <laughs> well, no, that is true. <laughs> and what would you have eaten like a Christmas day in that? Um, just again, no, this is, this is nothing. I don't find that most of the thing I have a hug about Christmas. Um, they were no freezers then, so you just took off an animal just every now and again and you ate what you could while he was fresh and then in the winter of course you reasted what, what you couldn't eat fresh and uh, reasted it, um, sat it and dried it and that was your reasted modern. But uh, no, you were eating off a hook for Christmas certainly and then uh, you would have your fried liver and that was a right luxury. Really? Your, your, your fried liver, um, and uh, <coughs> fried liver with onions, and uh, and then your tea would have been your Christmas dinner, right enough. Um, and for toys, what perhaps the wheelbarrow? <laughs> <laughs> no, he never came at Christmas. Oh. He, he, he was ready for the working time of year. <laughs> um, but at Christmas, I I always got plasticine and a jigsaw. Yeah, plasticine in the jigsaw, that was the, that was the big thing. And the, the plasticine was really specially welcome because you, the plasticine you had gotten the year before, had that bright colours, you were played with it and played with it till it was all mixed up together and it was all, it was all brown with that <laughs> thing. Shardy brown colour. Shardy yeah. brown colour and, and, and full of dog's hair, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was awful fine to get your new plasticine. And, and that smell. Used, uh, that, <laughs> they, they would smell weird then at the no Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. Because I I bought plasticine for, no, I'm telling you a lie, Warren's bought me a pack of the plasticine last year. <laughs> <laughs> and it was lovely, but they would not smell weird. It's likely, likely I've been toxic. <laughs> likely <laughs> no longer alone, but it did have a very special smell. <laughs> it did, yes. And, and with me plasticine, I always made a firm. 
we uh, fa fancied we'd a broom plasticine and pretty yellow dukes and cayenne sheep. I, I always made a fair and we'd a plasticine. So that crafting was just so, in you right the, for the get go, do you the, think? The, the, the crafting was, was yeah. there. The, the, the obvious thing was the macrofarum. So, um, yeah, I got plasticine and, and the jigsaw. The, uh, well, yeah, I got plasticine and then I got the jigsaw and. Um, I think we're boys getting um, pistols. That's like you know quite politically correct too. But uh, <laughs> when boys got pistols, we kept kept guns to games, and water pistols, daddy guns. That was a big thing too. Uh, so so that was it. But when they big toys, like what they are now, just a more modest kind of affair. Yes, yes, that's right. And then you ain't got your apple and your orange, in in the tea of the sock as well. Uh, Moving on for that, Barbara, and speaking, Tickham was kind of up to date. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we touched on earlier, you are 80 year old. Yes. And that's quite a monumentous age, yes. but you're still a very independent woman. So talk me through kind of what your, your yearly routine is yeah. still new. But before we do that, I kind that you treated yourself to quite a special <laughs> present for your 80th year. I, I certainly did, yes. Well, that was, uh, that was actually necessary because I was head of quad, my last quad, for nearly 22 years, and she packed it in on me. So I did need an editing. And I suppose Miss Fokker, my age, would have bought a kind of good second handing. But I thought, when I'm coming up for 80 and I'm wanting to get myself a, a right good present, so I, I ordered this brand new quad. But uh, a lot of folk your age are getting up their cars, never mind buying brand new quads. <laughs> <laughs> so that begs me to ask, why a quad and, and no a car? Uh, I never ever learned to drive a car. Uh, I, I did that for three lessons and it just didn't work. I couldn't cope with this vehicle where I couldn't see where the wheels were. Right. So I, I had a motorbike for the quad. Um, so I, you had a motorbike for the quad? Yes, I, I had a motorbike for, for I was 50 I think, must have been, yes. Um, pretty, pretty hand, uh, C90. Well, my, actually my first um, motorbike type vehicle was um, a 50cc, I had the express, and how I came to hear that in, um, I was, said to a friend of mine, I was seeing this Honda express, and I said, well, it's no muckle mare as a pushbike, I could maybe drive something like you and I came along the friend this day, and he says, um, I'm seeing many on Honda expresses in the Shetland Times for sale, and I'm phoned up the fucking Telton to buy it. <laughs> Really? Exactly, yes. <laughs> and, and you did, yeah. <laughs> we like to get that option <laughs> So that, that's who I came to hear the, the, the first pretty motorised vehicle. And then um, I was seeing, because it was just three wheelers around, but by the time I got around to buying something, then it was quads. Um, so that was fine, because uh, that, that was, you, you could go on the right with that as well. So you use her on the rod and for the craft too? That's right, yes, yeah. In fact, army quads has been used far better on the rod, the steering with the craft. Um, and uh, 
because I used to sell floors for a long time and I went around the country halls with my trailer with, with my floors and uh, did I get the Sunday days. And I can mind on you doing the garden aside the Mukalha and Scala coming your way. That's right, yes. I can with what I also can with the Pretty Market Bike uh, to that garden. And it's amazing what that pretty mounted bike could carry in the basket on the back because I actually carried the petrol strimmer in the back of that mountain bike. <laughs> but quite undaunted, I think, by, by that. Uh, do you never feel vulnerable or nervous getting on the road? We required with the amount of traffic it's about. Uh, no, really, no. Um, I suppose I'm just getting as in it. Did. And I wouldn't like to be in, enclosed. For, uh, if I'd be this thing, I'd like to see what the wheel says. I don't like really being enclosed uh, on the road. Because some said to me it, when I was buying the quad, they said I should have got Nina this since it was covered in. And I didn't want it, it was covered in. But you um, still go our weather, will you? Um, yeah, unless it's frost. Mm. I'm going to go with frost. And I went to go with just a flying hurricane looking. <laughs> Uh, but but either is that no I go with any kind of weather the full set of other skins yeah <laughs> windproof stuff anyway yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, what do you think of the new the new machine oh absolutely excellent no I really do like the new the new machine um, I um, when we last in carried away um, uh, a friend very kindly offered to weld her up for me and she would have been fine for a few years yet. But I thought, well, I never can't fool my old brain would be working in 40 years' time. <laughs> and, uh, and I felt that at this stage I could get used to uh, driving a new quad, because obviously there were going to be pretty differences in 20, 22 years. Mm -hmm. So I thought, if I'm going to get a new one, I better get a new. So that was it. So a happy outcome there. Happy outcome, yes. So I kind that you you still pretty much look after the craft uh, by yourself. So what does your year's work entail? Well, um, I mean, this time of year, because I hear this floorboard, this is well, this time of year I'm desperately trying to get this floorboard that's tidied up. So I'm ready to start dialing uh, early March. Then I start dialing out this year. Up to last year, I'm thinking home thousands of bags of seaweed put on this land uh, and a lot of horse smoke as well and uh, I, I kind of feel that energy is weighing in a bit so I don't manage to fetch out those bags of seaweed now but uh, because I'm fetched so much so in the past um, uh, well 20 odd years uh, I had me, got my first squad no 30 years I got my first squad because I'm fixed him up at that time, this earth is absolutely in splendid condition. Um, it's splendid texture for working. So I could really deal here any time. Um, whereas a lot of folk, they had to wait for the drink to dry out right before they can deal again, because it doesn't drain off a wheel. But mine is such a lovely free texture, we had a seaweed that's getting on it. So anyway, um, I, uh, well, during the first early part of the winter, um, I would generally tidy up a bit less trim the edges of it and uh, talk up any dockings and stuff like that. Um, and then as I say, start then about March and, and I start putting my thirties in uh, about the equinox time, the 21st, 22nd of March, and then I start talking them up about the equinox time in September. <laughs> um, so I bung them in then, it's a lot earlier as lots of up this. But they're in there and they're coming to the harem and they'll just grow when it starts to get warm. 
And because I'm dealing at a tax time, so uh, I can put them in then and they're coming to me here and then I can get on with putting them in the Shetland Kale. And I start putting them in um, well, first days of April. And that's something that you've really been concentrating on and, and have a, a strong feeling about keeping the Shetland Kale going? Is that well, right? I do because there are fewer and fewer around them now. Um, I mean, a lot of years ago, um, we actually sell Shetland kale plants, and it was nothing to be selling maybe seven, eight thousand. They didn't do There were quite a lot of crafters that took anything for five thousand, seven thousand. When when even took twelve thousand. Really? Um, I mean, no. Um, cause I still sell a bit to if I have anything going spare. I mean, the miss that anybody with that new would maybe be, be a thousand. Mm-hmm. But missed for with just about a hundred or two, and, and that's the difference. And there's no that money a dime even. Just a pretty corner to gains maybe with just a take up for well take on spare. And then they package it and uh, they sell it through various outlets. And just a packet the same size as the ordinary vegetable packets that you see to gains. And what do you and do with the kale then if you're not selling it? Um I feed it to the sheep. Yeah. Um for the end of July and then, because the Shetland kale grows and grows and then the iron blades that start going yellow and far enough out. So with the end of July, uh, I start cutting up to the sheep. And not that needed at that stage, but I mean, if you didn't do that, it would just wither away the things and, and get wasted. Um, so I start cutting up to the sheep at that time and I cut it right through till the end of April. To uh, keep them going with that. And how many sheep do you hear? I, I just hear this one. Um, I could hear me out here because I hear fair stretch of hell, but I don't want any more. I just want enough to give me lambs for the freezer mm-hmm. and uh, and party to keep on, to keep the flock going, and, and that's it. So, when it comes to the sheep work, do you still add, do add that to yourself? Do you shear and cut half? Uh, yes, I, I can still clap. Um, I was the sure about that this year, but I did manage it. Uh, the year before, when uh, our youngins was home, I thought it would be fine for my great-grandsons to see me clipping the sheep. And it was the worst decision I made because the sheep was absolutely terrified of us pretty bairns. So they were awful, awful awkward to work with. And I didn't realise why they were so awkward. And I thought, well, I'll have to get somebody else to clip them this year because I'm no able for them to carry on. <laughs> and then uh, I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And, and they were as good as could be this year. And it was just, just me and the sheep. And they were nothing to burden them. <laughs> just gloved with so the bairns. They, they were just gloved with the bairns, yes. And That's is it right. just Shetland sheep? It is just Shetland, yes. No, no, I couldn't work with any of this beguines. Um, I mean, you had to get them up behind it and set them on the backside, and um, <laughs> that's the hard part. I mean, once you get them on the backside, then you just uh, hand them with the air and clock with the other hand, and that's the better. Well, I felt quite hard to up the sheep, but <laughs> so <laughs> I think if you're still doing it at 80, that this was our hope. It depends on the size of them. <laughs> and what, what about um, the fleeces and that? What do you do with that? Uh, they just go to the wool brokers. And uh, I mean, you don't get muckle for them. Mm-hmm. We've gotten less this year as ever for them. But that gets rid of it and it has to come off of them anyway. And um, what other craft work do you have, really? What else do you work um, with here? Uh, well, of course, for buying kale and tarties, I grow for the sheep. Then I, I hear the usual range of vegetables like uh, carrots, onions, nips. 
And then um, I hear Brie Tunnel as well. That's something that Frank never used to hear. Oh, of course, and we can't uh, see him now because it's pitch dark. Uh, no, we so don't enough. A pity polycrub. Uh, no, the was polycrubs wasn't coming when I got mine. But if I was replacing them new, I would certainly hear polycrub. I think the most splendid things, because they're double skinned and then they're that sturdy, they can stand up to any kind of weather. So, yeah. what do you grow in your tunnel? Um, I hear. Um, uh, blackberries is my favourite crop out of the tunnel. They freeze over wheel too. Uh, so I hate them. Um, and I hate a fig tree. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Very proud of my fig tree. And the, the main comparison between the figs you get out of that tree and things that you buy in the shop. Um, I suppose only Indian fruit that you buy in the shop. I say you pack it when it's just, no, just absolutely ripe. Because it has to be packed so it can travel. So there's no comparison between that and what you can go and pick for yourself. And with the carrots and nips and onions that you grow, are you self-sufficient? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I usually hear about towards the onions towards the end of the season, because they don't really keep off a wheel. Uh, some years they keep better the cedars, but uh, I hear about some onions, but um, carrots and nips, no, that keeps me going right through. Um, and, uh, and there again, if I hear old money, for example, early nips, I'd fed one of early nips this year, and I'd just chop them up and put them in the freezer, and then they, they do fine for stews and soups, uh, right through that they come again. So you're obviously somebody that spends a great deal of time outside doing physical work and enjoys it. I going to say I spend a great deal of my time putting stuff in the freezer. You probably do, do you? I spend as much time as possible outside doing physical work. Because um, they're the pits as well, of course. Um, I start casting my pits in early May. And um, I mean, you really don't spend an awful lot of time on the pits. Foxy attacks you all summer. Well, that might well stretch over the whole summer, but you're not in the pit all the time because you cast them and then it's um, fortnight, three weeks before you can raise them. And again, going back to the, the casting, that might not have been a thing that would have been commonly done by women of your generation, is it fair to say, Barbara? Well, well that's what I can never understand, because the casting is easier as a lot, a lot, lot of jobs. And in some areas, no in one area, but in some areas, the women actually flayed the banks, which is the hardest work, and then the main, <laughs> the main custom. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> We see this in cultures all over the world. <laughs> so when, when they're doing this idea, the women didn't have the expertise to cast, goodness knows. But, but in, in my place, in my place, the men did add, add that. They flayed them and cleaned them and, and cursed them, to be, to be fair to the Yale men and the Goldsweek men. <laughs> <laughs> they did add that. So but, what brought about the change? Are you deciding to cast your own pets? Well, it was um, when my husband... Good to university. He good as a mature student. He was fifty when he when he good. And the first year that he came home, uh, for his Easter holidays, he cut the pits in April. And a lot of years you would have gotten away with that, but that year he got especially severe frost, and it really just destroyed them, especially the blue pits. Mm, you said it's good blue mold here. V- v- very good blue blue mm-hmm. wood and yeah. and it was really just the same as if you you'd delved over a bit of garden ground and let it break up with frost for the winter to mm-hmm. 
and uh, and this frost just broke up the blue clouds and and there were no quality and uh, and they just burned away to gain some night time they hit with them so the following year he was going to cut them when he came home in june and and i thought well that's an awful pity for him to come home and hit a start into the spits right away and then it's going to be such a rush as summer so i just get up and started and carried on casting and by the time he came home in june then they were cut and raised and turned and nearly ready to come home <laughs> and, and i just absolutely loved it so. <laughs> i bet he loved it too <laughs> well, well yes i think he's quite pleased <laughs> And you still do that yourself? I do, yes. And you've enough to keep you going the whole year? I have enough to keep me going. I, I, want, I like to work a year ahead. Because at, at my age, you're never keen to the You might say anything to get the tax you uh, off, off your feet for a week or two of that. So I like to make sure that I have enough to keep me going uh, for, for another year. But could I ask about your health, Barbara? You seem remarkably robust and supple for for somebody uh, eighty. And, like well, I suppose I'm just lucky, really. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very conscious of that. That it's sheer luck, um, because an awful lot of poor souls has things that happens to them long before that. that um, I mean, uh, I friends with that we rheumatism type things and fuckets had broken bones and maybe long-term illnesses and things like that. And I've just been very, very lucky. I don't know how any of that. It's a lot of the, the labour associated with pets and sheep and uh, various things like that is quite hard on the back. Yeah, I've never been bothered with back problems. I, I don't think why, because I'm certainly a bit overweight. I'm quite <laughs> conscious of that. <laughs> but it doesn't seem to end up being work anyway. And do you just keep going all day? Put, um, take me through your day. Well, um, I I usually get up fairly early. I mean, I'm usually up, uh, well, half six to seven this time of year. And then uh, in the summer, I think the walk, and it's a ridiculous hour in the morning, and I'm very often in the pit till the half five or that. Um, but um, I ate I here while in the afternoon. I, I watch countdown. Very after my first sleep, watch and cook No wonder. But what I do, I do the the heavy work through the first of the day, up to the end of time. Anything, anything heavy I'm going to do, I do it up to the end of time. And then after that, it's just part of my work to games. Is there ever mm. anything that you thought about that you think, I can't do young because I'm a wife, a female? Um, I don't know. There's things that I regret them not able to do. I mean, for example, when, when I was at school, there was no chance for the lasses to do midwork. And it would be very handy new if I could do midwork properly. Um, I mean, I can knock up a grind if I want a grind for myself. <laughs> and uh, I can uh, I can make uh, wooden hurdles for containing sheep and that kind of thing, but I can't do proper midwork. And I think it would be fine to be able to do that. And you can also big stain, can you? I love Bickenstein. <laughs> um, and that happened, um, I was just learned about the period of the age in, in a fluid border, and it was maybe about 10 feet long, and and I needed a bit of an age in about six, eight inches high, I would say. So I did that. And I thought, I just love Bickenstein and Tabernacle. 
So I start it and I, um, what did I, oh yes, I bring it the, the driveway decks first. Because um, I thought it'd be awful bonny to hay decks up the driveway and floorboards. And uh, I hate this kind of grandiose um, scheme in my mind to begin with. I was been to the Duthie Park in Aberdeen. And I was seeing this uh, lovely big road iron gates. And I thought, wouldn't it be fine to hate that at the foot of the road? And then this uh, steam decks and this floorboard. Well, I shouldn't realise that it wouldn't be sensible to hate this uh, road iron gates at the foot of the road and hate often no matter time. <laughs> so that didn't come. But I, I big at the decks and uh, I started picking up just the very best stain. I just gathered my stain here and there, whatever I could find it. And I used nothing but the best. And then I realised that wasn't going to work. I would never get enough stain. So you can you can easily see that bushes growing out at noon, but you can easily see when I hit that uh, uh, that, that moment. <laughs> when I realised I would just need to big me on his <laughs> and And it's really quite easy. It's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, that, that, that's how it is. And, and every stain fits in somehow. So so I carried on and uh, big at the driveway decks. And then um, the already I was looking up this window, it was the most godless day of the hurricane. And, we had wedding fencing around this backyard, and that was just going against way from our old place. And I thought, well, really, when I turned old, um, and if young was to carry away on me and I was old, I wouldn't be able to do a thing about it. But if I big, big stained dicks now, then that'll be hit forevermore. So I started, and I just big it in the, big it around the other yards, dick it there, and when I was finished bringing, the yards, then there was stain left over. And uh, I I was very disappointed that we were never had um, a traditional pity house we had bought for a roof. And I was needing a dukey house. So I used this leftover stain as far as it could, and then of course I had to go and get my stain. But anyway, I bring it this dukey house and uh, we had this pretty boat that Bobby used for the, to go to Rila And then when he no longer used it for go to Rila, the Bairns had her in the Dukey Pool. Grant Bairns had her in the Dukey Pool. Uh, we used to maroon in another on the island in the middle of the pool. And when I that was by me, then this boat was just lying, and I thought, well, right, I'll bring a Dukey house and I'll take this boat for the rough. So I did that. Did you do all that yourself? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I hate to get the youngins to lift the boat. Into the <laughs> well, that's what I was wanting <laughs> yes. them. Oh, you got that up there. Yes. Uh, she, she wasn't a heavy boat, and even the photo was when they managed to. Yeah. But uh, no, I hate to get them to lift the boat down. Um, and, uh, but they were staying left over. Uh, and uh, I was never had we iron kale plants that we used to sell. I was never had a proper traditional planty crop, a ruined planty crop. It was uh, just been ramshackle wind structures, just for shelter. So I thought, well, it would be fine to have a proper planty crop. So I um, big it the first stain, and once more there was stain left over. <laughs> so I big it the second stain, and, um, and still there was stain left over. <laughs> it's just kind of like a fable or something. Uh, well, like. yes. <laughs> and then, uh, the, 
<coughs> fijn op die bed, denk ik, was just outside the door here. When um, uh, a wooden fence at Molly Paddock, when my grandson was uh, a toddler, to hinder him going to the rent. And uh, he's uh, out of 40 now. And that was carrying away. So, I mean, I've been there for 40 years. It was not in that bed. And uh, I thought, well, they were near away. I could put up a wooden fence. Uh, this is where the regret about the wind comes in again. Mm -hmm. They were near away. I could put up a wooden fence. It would look like they had bully put up. So I just took away the brooks out together and I put up a pretty bit of deck. Uh, it was just about um, maybe 18 inches high if it was that even. And that was um, two years ago. So that was my final, final mother begging. I, I, I think, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Do you have any other ambitions for the craft? Um, not. Or projects, is uh, maybe a better word. Uh, not at the moment. Well, when I'm trimming my bushes, um, my, my fuchsia uh, and the likes of that, I used to the cuttings outside the, the fence down here at the right. So I'm hoping that it might grow to make a kind of good big hedge in the future. <laughs> Um, I just wish that I'd started planting a great lot of trees earlier. I, oh yes, I, I, I'm certainly vexed I didn't do that. But um, no, no, it, I think it's just a case of keeping it going and um, doing the running repairs that I can do. And, and I may be lucky that I'm finding somebody to do the things I can do. And, uh, well, I do, that's not very much <coughs> about this. Well, I uh, for example, I hear a very kind friend that sweeps the lawn for me <laughs> twice a year. Because I, I couldn't hear this pit fire if I didn't hear a friend to sweep the lawn. True as that. <laughs> the other thing I can that you will count for is writing poetry. <laughs> what, when do you find time to do that? Well, that comes in fits and starts. Um, in fact, I'm not written for a while. Um, but I... Um, I was there at bits and pieces back and forth, and then for a lot of years I went to the West Side Writers Group, and that was really splendid. Uh, it was a splendid night out. We met once a month, and uh, we uh, we I had a theme, uh, which uh, I tried to stick there, but you didn't hate it. And it was just that fine to go there, and uh, the folk was good company, and it was fine to hear other folks work the things. Um, and this year, uh Covid, Barbara, you're quite a sociable person, but you obviously live on your own now and have for quite some time. Mm -hmm. What's been your kind of philosophy for trying to, to cope with the sort of, well, maybe the loneliness or the isolation that can be that? Uh -huh. Well, to tell you the truth, and the craft, because of my routine and the craft, I don't suppose it's impinged so much on me as it might be doing on lots of folk. Because there is such a lot going on outside here with us animals and I hens and dukes and, and that. And it really takes up a lot of your time tending to uh, that. Um, and then, um, I mean, I've been able to see friends in a socially isolated kind of way. And, um, Head must be about the decade I beg it, it was about 15 inches or so high. Um, accidentally, this was a four-covid, because I finished a four-covid camp, accidentally it was just the right height for Sutherland. <laughs> so if uh, anybody turned up, then I would just take out cushions and we would sit down the deck and speak. And uh, it, was, it was ideal. Um, um, 
But uh, also, um, this new quite common. Um, I think it because of COVID. Once it, you were released for your five, um, mile limit again, so you could go far than wavy home. Then I really wanted to go far more as I might have done if it hadn't hadn't been for that restriction. The try a route. So yes, <laughs> so <laughs> so I sat there for the quiet, and I was here and here and everywhere. I was when I drove to the top of Colne for Colne, and then I walked up Rennes Hill. Ah, in the on the quad. No, no, I mean no on the top on the quad, but I mean you. I, yeah, well, I did the top of Colifer's Hill and then park it there and then you walk up Runa's Hill for there. And I was wanting to do that when I was 80. So I left that to left on the 5th of July. <laughs> um, and um, and I'm walking to the Point of London S and uh, the top of the Water Coast Week and uh, just a great lot of places that I wouldn't have gotten room to go on either way. And, and I think that that was because of Covid and I just wanted to do it new or never. So um, I'm really clocked up, um, well, by the end of the summer, I think I was clocked up at 2,400 miles in the quad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you the, surely have been going about. When I got back to Stephen Malcolmson, the, the dealer, to get the oil changed, he said, well, he says, um, some fuck never does this kind of mileage in five or ten years. Some fuck never ever does this kind of mileage on a quad. <laughs> And the, the same way that going up north on that road, it doesn't bother you? Not at all. No, no. It's, it's good wide roads. Plenty of good double roads. Plenty of room for fuck to pass me. <laughs> so what's left to do, Barbara? What would you have any ambitions um, or things that you would still like to do? Um, I, would, I would love to go to the Faroes once it uh, would allowed the Roma room again. I would, I would love to go to the Faroes. And I think it is that just to explore more and more around here. Because I, on trips I did last summer, uh, I realised so many places I wish I'd been into and explored properly. So I think that would be the main things. I think it's been a great year for that in Shetland. And, and mm -hmm. I kind that you're on Facebook and, and you're mm -hmm. quite au fait with the social media and that. Mm -hmm. But you've seen how many folk have turned the opportunity mm -hmm. to explore wherever mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Well, um, I mean, in, I was several times out in Colswick, and it was amazing how many folk I saw coming and going to the Colswick Brock. Because when I was there in my teens, I was there many a time, but you never met a human being there at all. But no, it's just the right thoroughfare, the King's Fair, the chapel, you're in the, the Colswick Brock. <laughs> well, it is, I have to say, it's when that, that we love to go and visit and mm -hmm, take the Grand mm -hmm, Bairns mm -hmm, to as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fine. So, so I think that's it, and, and because I want to explore more and more through the summer, I want to get more down in the winter here so that I can explore. Like, here there's floorboards in order uh, for the fine weather comes, and uh, army crops in the time of year, and we'll maintain, and that's what we have fine day I can just set off. So a busy so, winter ahead. A busy winter ahead, yes, that's right. Well, Barbara, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting and speaking to you. <laughs> and, thank you um, very much. I'm sure there are lots of things that we're likely not touched on that, <laughs> that we'll, we'll speak about after when we hear a cup of tea. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, we need a cup of tea after I have speaking. <laughs>